Can't go wrong there, can you? No, sir. All right. Simplicity of salvation. The simplicity of salvation. Father, help us now. As we bring the message, pray that you speak to us, Lord. Uh, I'm not going to give anything new. It's the same story. It's the greatest story, though. We thank you for loving us, and thank you for making a way of us for us to have salvation. Lord, I, I know these folks here in this room. There's not any strangers here today to us. But I, I can't see any heart. I, I, I can see it seems like folks, everybody's saved. But I, I, I know I sat in church for a long time, and everybody thought I was saved, but I wasn't. Lord, I don't know. Maybe somebody here this morning is not sure of salvation. Maybe this morning you'll speak to us about how that we can share the things we'll learn with others who don't know they're saved. Father, thank you for this time. Bless it now in Jesus, and we pray. Amen. We find something I think very interesting in, in this verse, in verse number three. We talked about the simplicity that is in Christ. The simplicity that is in Christ. You know, I believe that Satan wants to keep us. And this morning in our Sunday school class, we were talking about that. Safe people, thank the Lord, cannot be demon-possessed. I'm glad we cannot be possessed. Now, he'll try to oppress us, but he cannot, he cannot uh, live within us. Because when we got saved, we got the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so Satan knows that he can't steal away our salvation. Once saved, always saved. You can laugh at that statement if you want to. Some people do when you tell people that. But that's not a laughing matter. It's a true thing. And once we're saved, we're saved for eternity. And, uh, 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 but the thing is, Satan wants to keep us away from the, from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, the Lord has made, made so much very simple for us. We oftentimes make things more difficult than what they need to be. And, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, even, even uh, uh, people with children today make things more difficult than what they need to be. You know, our children don't have to know. They don't have to know everything in the world. They need to know simply just certain things. Amen. There will be a time when they're going to face. I mean, look what they're doing today. They're talking to children, and I know it's a little bit blunt. But they're talking to children about sexuality things in the first grade. Kids ought to even not even know that word. I mean, it just needs to be. We need to go back to times when it was really simple. I love mommy. I love daddy. I know I'm a little girl or I'm a little boy. And uh, just so simple. Uh, uh, and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that. We've made things so complicated today where now our, our children are even so mixed up because they've that people have complicated their lives. And I'll tell you one thing that complicates lives is sin. And it is happening so much. But I think about Satan wants to, wants to keep us from the simplicity of, of Christ. And, uh, but here, here's the wonderful thing about it. It may seem a little bit funny, but it's, it's not really funny. But here's the thing. Do you know you don't have to be a genius to know the Lord? I mean, that means it's good for all of us in this room. You don't have to be a genius. You say, well, I'm a genius. Well, you know what? You may think you are, but you're probably not. But you may think you are. And you know what? Even if you are, it don't take brains. It just takes the simplicity of Christ. Simply what Jesus did for us. It's simple to be able, really, it doesn't take a genius to, to know God. It doesn't take a genius to live for God. 
And uh, you know, people say, well, it's so difficult. Not really if we just obey what he says. Actually, serving God is something that is simple. He's an old preacher. It's a rough road. I didn't say it's not a rough road sometimes, but I'll say this. Serving God is simple. You say, well, what, what do you mean by that? Well, it's not complicated. You say, well, there's a lot of complications in life. Yes, but it's not complicated in, 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 in serving the Lord and following the Lord. It's, it's not. Now, I'm not talking about, uh, uh, when I say it's simple, I'm not saying about the energy of the, of the flesh. I'm talking about it's not complicated. But I, I believe there's several things here. I'll give you real quick, and then I get into the message. But several things here to help you. Uh, that where, where, where you can stay close to the Lord and you can grow spiritually in Christ and you, can, and you can do some wonderful things for the Lord if you just learn these few things. Again, it's simple. You don't have to have a high IQ. You don't have to be a genius. Listen to a couple things. Let me give to you real quick. You know what will help you? It will make it simple to serve the Lord. Read your Bible. Boy, that's deep, isn't it? No, just read your Bible. Open up this blessed book and read from its pages. You say, well, I can't understand some words in it. That's why they made dictionaries. You just take a dictionary, a word you don't know, look it up. Best one to use is the Webster's 1828. Uh, some of you got it probably on your birthday when you were born, you know, in 1828. But it's a good, good uh, uh, dictionary. You can get it. You don't even have to buy it and go online and you can look up all the words. And he uses Webster, uses a lot of scripture there in that. You look up a word if you don't understand. It's not that hard. But I tell you, one thing make, it make it so easy for us to be able to, to, to serve God, to be a successful Christian, is read our Bibles. The second thing we need to do is pray. Well, that's not a hard one either, is it? You know, I watch those little kids. They know how to pray, don't they? Little children, they bow their heads and they start praying for all their boo-boos. And they go pray for this boo-boo. They got to point it out to God when they pray too, right? And they pray for little things. They pray for the puppies and their dollies and everything else. And, and, and I think, you know, how simple it is. You say, preacher, there's got to be something deep in here. Oh, just read your Bible and pray. And then something else, tell others about Jesus. That's not hard either. Just tell folks about Jesus. It's not hard at all. Last yesterday we were out trying to tell people about Jesus. We got a chance to talk to some folks a little bit about it. And uh, I mean, it's it's not hard. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to try to figure it out. Just tell them that. Je- hey, you know what? One one simple thing is to say this: Jesus saves. And we could all learn John 3.16, couldn't we? And we can learn some verses there, and we can tell other people how to be saved. I tell you what, again, we're talking about how to be a successful Christian. Oh, I just don't think I'm smart enough. You don't have to. Just pray, read your Bible, tell others. And I believe this is another good one here. I like this one, too. And I wrote down this. Get in the right church and join it. Get in the right church. You say, preach a lot of churches out there. I know. I got a note from an email from somebody yesterday. And uh, somebody evidently went by the house and invited them to church, gave them a track. And they said that they visited our church when Millie Baker was the pastor here. Let me tell you something. There ain't never been a woman pastor here. And if they came and thought I was a woman, I'm telling you right now, I want to talk to them. But uh, I think they got us mixed up with another church. I think deals crosswords. Crosswords. <laughs> Crossroads. Never mind. Oh, my. Uh, I might have to delete this out of my mess, out of my recording. But anyways, but what happened? She said I was there when it was the woman preacher. There's been no woman preacher here. I t- I emailed her back and told told her it wasn't. But I've been here all my life, and I've always been a been a man. And they hadn't changed that, amen. <laughs> but I believe it's good to get in the right church, get in a church where you know you're saved, where you can hear the gospel, 
or you hear the word of God being preached and not preached, not taught out of some other, but uh, someone else's book. I believe another thing to help you attend church every time the doors are open. Every time the doors are open, man, that, that's one wonderful thing about it. We've got multiple services we can go to, and we, every time the doors are open, again, what will help us? Simple. It's not a big thing that you have to have a lot of mind control about. It's just, it's just read your Bible, pray, tell us about Jesus, get in the right church, attend every service. And here's another one. You might not like this one, but this one will help you too. Give tithes and offerings. So, well, that's kind of hard. No, it's not. 10% is not hard to figure out. You know, out of a dollar, I'm going to help you out. Out of a dollar, how much belongs to God? Ten cents. How much you get to keep? Well, you, had to, you wanted a calculator for that one, didn't you? All you folks went set roll. All right? But what happens, it, 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 it was 90 cents you got to keep. God says, get, get yourself a preacher. I can't afford We can't afford not to. Simply just give God. Give him a penny of every dime. You know what to do? He'll bless you for it. He blesses. He opens the windows of heaven for us. It's simple. Keep tithes and offerings. I like this one too. Follow the leadership of the pastor. This one kind of is in my favor. Because I'm the pastor. But you know, God gives a pastor to a church. He puts someone in leadership. And if you're in someone's in leadership, if you're smart, you might want to listen to what the leader has to say. Now, don't just take my word for it. Have your Bible ready and check and see what it says. The Bible, you know, make sure the preacher's preaching what the Word of God says, but follow the leadership of your pastor. And then the last thing on this one is this. Try to put into practice what you hear preached from the Word of God. Now, practice it. Do what it says. Those are simple things. It doesn't take an IQ real high. You could probably be in the teens on your IQ test, all righty, and still be able to get this. I'm glad that someone doesn't have any much brain power at all can still serve God. And what's, what's wrong with us? We just need to follow him. Do those simple things. I promise you do these things, you'll grow in the Lord. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. But I'll say this, it's impossible to grow in the Lord unless you've been saved. You're not going to grow unless you've been born again. You know, sometimes people try to live the Christian life, but never been saved. You know what they do? They're like a little, little bit of a flame, and then it goes right out. Why? There's nothing there. You know, you can pretend to be a Christian, but if we're ever going to grow, we've got to, first of all, be born again. We, first of all, have got to be saved. And, and, and so that's the thing that needs to be settled first and foremost. Now, Here's, here's what happens. People say, well, you know, preacher, that's a complicated thing. No, it said simplicity that is in Christ. It's not complicated to be saved. It's simple. I had a woman come to my office one day. She thought she was really smart, and I think she had some degrees. I do, too. 98.6, is it, too? At your temperature degrees. It's a good thing you don't have to be a genius, or any. But you, know, you don't have to. Be, uh, but 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 she had some degree. She came off as she saw one book I had there about 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 sewing and that, and she said this. Uh, you know, I, I don't like this guy. So, now, when you come to my office and you point at one of the books in my office and say I don't like that guy, we probably have a problem. <laughs> because if I don't like that guy too, that book is gone. I've thrown books away before where they had. I look, I find something wrong. I'm kick, kicking it out. 
And so I, I, she says, I don't like this. She goes, I don't believe in this easy believism. Really, is it that hard to be saved? It's easy to be saved. It's talking about the simplicity. Yeah, a lot of people say, well, you know, usually the people who say easy believism are those who never win anybody to Christ. So I don't think all these people get saved, all right? So if, if, if I'm out there soul winning and say 50%, let's say this, 20% of the people get saved. At, let's go to 10%. If 10% of the people get saved that I've talked to and they prayed, that's still some people. The person doesn't go soul winning, never tells anyone about the Lord. 10% of zero is, yeah. I'd still rather have 10% that do get saved than 10% of zero. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that, that salvation's so easy you can get saved any way you want to. Have people said before, said, well, you know, preacher, I, you know, I know I'm going to heaven because I died one day. You know what? You may have, but here's the thing. You didn't, you're not in heaven. You're not going to heaven. People say, well, I just had this dream one day. I died and I saw heaven. Now, you know, the old brain plays tricks on us. I, I believe this. There has to be that time, not when you dreamed a dream, but a day when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. You can't be saved any old way. Some people, they say, well, I'm going to heaven because I've taken the sacraments. You're not saved by taking sacraments in a Catholic church any more than you're saved in a Baptist church by taking Lord's Supper. There's only one way of salvation, and it's not by taking the Lord's Supper. You cannot get saved apart from the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying this. It's not complicated. It's not complicated. Oh, you can only get saved one way, but it's not a hard way. It's easy. It's not complicated. So you don't have to have a great intellect to be saved. That's why I believe children could be saved. Well, I think there's, and then people say, well, you know, you got to get to the age of accountability. That sounds really good. That's been, that was given by someone who thinks they're intellectual. Where does it say the age? It doesn't, does it? So, well, I think it's seven. Well, I'm glad you picked that number. I've had people say, well, I believe that number is seven. I don't know what the number is. I don't know what the years. I believe this. When a child can realize they're a sinner and that Jesus died for them, they could be saved. It's, well, I just don't think kids, kids could do that. Well, I believe they can. You know what? You know what uh, uh, can, I, can I give you a verse in the Bible to kind of prove what I'm talking about? Mark chapter 10, verse 14. I'm going to do it anyhow if you don't want to. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, this is Mark 10, 14, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. And then he said in verse number 15, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. A little child could understand things from a really young age. He said, but they just don't understand all about creation, how many days it was. I don't find in my Bible I have to understand how many days of creation there was to be saved. I don't find in my Bible they have to understand the Trinity to be saved. I don't find in my Bible where they have to have memorized all the names of the apostles, 
all the books of the Bibles, of the Bibles, the Bible, they, 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 I don't find that anywhere. Jesus said they need to be like a little child and come. People, churches today, they have their catechism. And, uh, and, and not just Catholics. Catholics have it where they ruin people, which most everyone else that has catechisms for a church ruins people. But they have this. They say, well, you've got to go through. I, I, remember that, I remember some groups of folks where they do it before they baptize. They have you go through a class before you can be baptized. Well, I think about that Ethiopian that day. He didn't go through any class, did he? He came there, and, and Philip came to him and told him, read to him. Guess what he read? Not the catechism, read to him. The scriptures that that man was trying to figure out, explained it to him. That man got saved, and he said, what, what hinders me from being baptized? What happened? Right away, he went, found some water, and went and got baptized. It was not a big deal to, to, uh, to, to, to go through. He just, he was wanting to obey God. It was simple. It was simple. Simple plan of salvation. Say, preacher, what do I need to understand? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Here's what you need to know. Okay? I don't care what education you've had. It's all simple. We could all figure this one out. We could all understand this. Even children can. I believe those little kids downstairs right now can understand it too. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. All right? So you need to understand Jesus died for us. Let's talk to the kids in Sunday school. That's easy. Well, let's see what else. And that he was buried. Uh, Wait, did I read? Yeah, yeah. And that he was buried. That's easy enough. We know that he was buried. We remember... Don't most kids know, know things about Easter time and about the crucifixion? Jesus died, was put in the tomb. Don't, isn't that simple? Okay, buried. And then he, whoa, what else did he do? Rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Do you know what? That's what, that's what that is, is the gospel. Jesus, he lived that perfect life, but Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. He was buried and rose again. But preacher, what if they don't know, they don't know the names of the apostles? They just need to know that Jesus died for them and was buried and rose again. Simplicity, the simplicity of salvation, the simplicity of Christ. Christ dying for our sins means that he paid the price for them. He suffered for us, taking our, his, our sins upon himself. He purchased our salvation with his blood. In fact, there, there folks, you ever seen the wordless book? And all it is is pe- colored pages where you can take those colored pages and show someone the different colors stand for the gospel. And people have been saved by looking at the wordless book. Thank the Lord, though, we got a book with all the words in it. And very simple, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. He paid it all. The result of him paying the price, taking our sins upon himself, means that that great sacrifice made salvation simple for us. Salvation is, I I believe, there's some comparisons in the Bible that show us how simple salvation is. One of them is this. The Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I think about, think about that verse in Romans 
That eternal life means this, the new birth. Eternal salvation. It means forgiveness. It means everlasting life. It means that we're pardoned, justified, according to us receiving a gift. How simple it is to be saved. Titus, I mentioned to you yesterday, I was going to use you a little bit. Would you come here, please, for a minute? This is a picture of salvation. I have something in this envelope. And if you can tell me what it is, no. Uh, I have something in this envelope. You know what this is? This is a gift from me to Titus. Whose name's on it? Mine. Yeah. It says Titus Martell. So I got it especially for him. God bought you and I. Let's say this. Let's put it this way. God bought eternal life for Titus Martell. He purchased it. Here's how Titus is going to make this gift his. I have it. It's all paid for, taken care of. I want you to stand up to the pulpit here. Don't get too nervous. Turn to the microphone. You want this gift? All right, make it yours. All right, how simple. Now, look and see what you got. Now, I want you to look at it, and then I want you to tell what the, peop the people what it is. A check. A check. Who's it made out to? Me. Titus Martell. That's you. Mm -hmm. How much is it made out for? One million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I say amen, too, because he will tithe. So, who, who signed that check? You did. Who else? <laughs> Donald Trump. Yes, all right. <laughs> you notice it's just regular paper? Yeah. Yeah, you're disappointed, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, now here's the thing. Now, if that was real, would you be excited? Mm -hmm. A million dollars. But you know what? God gave him something worth more than a million dollars. You know, a million dollars could be spent... Like that, really. He could go to the store and buy his pappy, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> that money will go. You know, our salvation lasts forever, doesn't it? Lasts forever. Take your check and go sit down and enjoy it. <laughs> Don't try cashing it because you'll end up probably in jail. How easy. But you know what? We, we kind of chuckled at it. It's kind of funny. But the thing is, he got a better gift when he got saved. Amen. And he got the same way he did by that gift I just gave him. We all just had Christmas, didn't you? A few of you celebrated Hanukkah, maybe. I don't know. But uh, anyway, you celebrated Christmas. Did you get gifts? And what'd you do? I mean, even the little, even little children. Do you, do you see little kids? Their eyes get real big, like when the presents are there. And even when they come on, I see presents around the tree. They go, oh, presents. You hand them that present, they know exactly what to do, don't they? Rip that paper off, and they're ripping it off, and then they're pulling, throwing paper everywhere, and they grab that box, and they rip that box open, and there they have it. They understand what it is. It's simple that a little child can make a gift of theirs. It's so simple to be saved. Simple. The simplicity of Christ. Now, it's not so simple to have to buy one, though, is it? Do you realize I worked a week for that check? For $1 million. 
You know, if it was real, a real million dollars, I'd have to work a long, long, long time to get that. And even, you know what, we got 15 grandkids. You know what, I had to work a long time to buy them gifts. The one who buys gifts does the work. And the one that bought eternal life, Jesus Christ, did all the work for us. He paid it all. Simple. A gift shows concern. Why did I buy why did why didn't I buy why didn't I buy all your kids' gifts? They're your kids. But I want my kids, my grandkids to have something because I'm concerned about them. Aren't you glad today God's concerned about you? So much that he bought you a gift. It shows concern, a gift does. It shows compassion. It shows charity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A gift shows a cause too, doesn't it? What do we buy a gift for? Well, we just did for Christmas. I want you to have a Christmas present. Uh, Ileana just had a birthday on Thursday. Thursday, two years old. Pray for the teachers downstairs. <laughs> two years old when you leave the nursery. They've been set free. My wife always gives Le- uh, Leah money for the offering downstairs, and she was pulling some more change out for, for Ileana, and she said, maybe I shouldn't do it. She might eat it. And uh, so that's what you got to be careful on these two-year-olds, you know. And, uh, but, uh, but, 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 you know, you, you, know, you, you think about it. There's a cause. You get a birthday gift because... You give them a gift because it's their birthday. You give a gift because it's, it's their wedding anniversary. You give the gift because there's some special occasion. What is it? It's an expression of love. God gave us the wonderful gift of eternal life as an expression of his love for us. That we can escape the wrath to come. And salvation is, is something that everybody needs and there's enough to go around. Amen. A gift also has a cost. I mentioned that already. The cost is involved by, is, is taken on by the purchaser. If that check was real, the cost was on my part. Eternal life is real. The cost was on Jesus' part. I don't work to be saved. I don't try to do things to be saved. I just need to accept that gift. The gift received by faith. Romans 2, 8 says, for by grace are you saved through faith. That not, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I'm glad it's so simple. It just takes my faith. It's a preacher, I just can't have faith. You all have faith and you proved it this morning. You say, why, why do you say that? You sat on that pew hoping it would hold you. How, how many of you came here and said, well, I just hope it don't fall down. No, you just believe it's going gonna, it's gonna to hold you, right? And what I'm going to do next week, I'm going to cut through with a saw almost all the way through from underneath. Some pew in this room. And when you come in, sit on it, it's going to cave in. And then you're going to know what I'm talking about this morning now, right? But no, here's the thing. You know what? We have trust. You got in a car and you drove that car. You even trusted the people that were driving towards you. We can put our faith in the Lord. That finished work of Christ, it's so 
simple. Salvation is like something else. I got something else for you. Come on up here. The best was first, the million-dollar check. But salvation is, is shown this way in the Word of God. Listen to this. Revelation twenty-two seventeen, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. Salvation's like... Drink of water. Isn't that easy? Are you thirsty? Say yes. Yeah, you are. Don't say I guess. You are. All right? We should have practiced this. All right? He is thirsty. Now, here's the thing. I don't say this. Well, then go find your own water. I've got the source of water right here. Now, here's the thing about this water that he is going, he's thirsty the Lord said, what, what was the verse I read? And let him that is a thirst come. And that's what he did. He came up here thirsty. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. So here's what I'm going to do. I prepare the water for him. Jesus prepared eternal life for us. You can't, you can't give him the water. I've got the water. I prepare for him. This is how simple salvation is. You want it? Yes. Yes. You like water? Yes. Oh, okay. You're not allergic to it, are you? All right, good. All right. So, how simple? Now, watch this. Drink it. Quit laughing and drink it. Was that hard? No. You think it was hard? It was simple, wasn't it? That's what salvation is. Here's easy believism. <laughs> yeah. It's easy, like what? Like receiving a gift. It's easy, like taking a drink of water. All right, go sit down. You, you weren't very thirsty, were you? How simple. I told Seth yesterday, I said, you know, my message seems really simple, but it's about the simplicity of Christ. I said, preacher, I'm already saved. But what about those people out there that you're so worried? I don't know if I could ever tell them. I don't know if I could ever do it. Tell them something that is very simple. drink is poured out for us by the Lord Jesus. That drink's poured out by people who preach the word of God and witness. And we give the water of life. You know, every time we come to church, that's kind of what a preacher does. He says, are you thirsty? Come. Because here's the thing. I didn't make this water. God gave us the water, didn't he? God made the waters. So God did it there, but God says this, now pour it out for folks to be able to take. This is what soul winning is. I pour it in and say, hey, are you thirsty, sir? Are you thirsty? Can I draw? Well, here, take a drink of this. This is salt. That's what soul winning is all about. Simple. I don't think it's that easy. Okay, you get your Bible out. Blow the dust off of it, because you probably haven't been reading it if you think it's hard, and find out how easy it is to be saved. You see, the lost person's soul is dry and thirsty. It's dry and thirsty. So salvation is like drinking a glass of water. 
Salvation is also like walking through a door. You're not tired yet, are you? All right. It's like walking through a door. Now, listen to this. Titus 1, how about that? Titus 1, 3. I didn't think about that when I was preparing it. But hath in due times manifest his word through preaching which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. You know what? The Bible tells us also that that he stands at the door and he and he knocks. And uh, I, I think about, about that verse and I think, you know, uh, how important it is that he's, as he knocks at that door, we need to open. But salvation is going through a door. Now, here's the thing. Ask people today, how can you know you're saved? And they say, well, you've got to act real good. Up here, we have two doors. Okay? This door, the way of salvation is through the blood of Jesus Christ. This door is works. But there's only salvation behind one of the doors. There's another door there. We could say that's baptism door. There's another door there we can say is the Lord's Supper door. So what happens, Titus, he wants to be saved. He has to make a choice. Now it's easy, but he has to make the choice of what door to go through. If you want to have salvation, you need to find out what the Bible says, sir. And the Bible says that the way is through Jesus Christ. There's no other way but through him. And, and you've got to realize you've got to make the decision which door you're going to go through. Now, from what I've told you, which door should you go through? That one. That one. Walk through it. Watch this. Salvation. Picture of it. There it is. Amen. Come on out. You're doing good. How easy is it? I'm glad he didn't take, you can go ahead and sit down until I call you up again. But he didn't take, I'm glad he didn't take the Lord's Supper or the baptism or good works. I'm glad he went the way. It is simple to be saved by just coming and trusting Christ as your Savior. You've got to choose the door, and the door is Jesus Christ. There's only one door. Jesus said in John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So here's the thing. God says, you know what? It's not a big choice. There's only one way to be saved. People say, well, there's all different religions, different ways to get to heaven. There is not different ways to get to heaven. There's only one way to get to heaven. That makes it simple. In Noah's day, people were invited to come to the safety of the ark, and the door was open. You know, here's the thing. People saw the door, but they wouldn't go through the door. How many times have we gone through the plan of salvation with people, make it so simple, and they go, I just, it's just hard for me to believe that. Hard to believe something simple? They're just choosing not to go through the door. Finally, with Noah, the day came when the ark door was shut. No one else can come in after that. Isn't it sad how many people perished? Because they didn't simply walk through the door. And the last one is this. Salvation is as simple as gazing upon a person. This is going to be painful. Come up here. 
The Bible says in Isaiah 45, 22, look unto me. You stand here and look straight forward, all right? Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. John 3, 14, 15 says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So what did Jesus say in Isaiah? Look unto me and be saved. Here's salvation. Picture of it. Are you ready? Who's he looking at now? He's looking at all of you, right? He didn't have his eyes on me. But we've got to look to Jesus for salvation. Now watch. Here's the picture. Are you ready? Of salvation. Look at me. Simple. Simple. Just a gaze. Thank you. So that's kind of crazy. No, it's not. That's a picture of salvation. That's a picture of it. It's looking to Jesus. I think about the Israelites. It talks about them in Numbers chapter 21. We won't go there, but Numbers chapter 21 talks about, remember, they were bitten by the, the fiery serpents. And they were dying. They put a serpent on a pole and held the pole up. How could those people keep from dying? What did they have to do? Did they have to go get baptized? Did they have to go to and take sacraments? Did they have to go and go to catechism? No. What did they do? All they had to do was look. And they were saved. They didn't die. It's looking at the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ who voluntarily died for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Salvation is a look of faith. Actually, there's one more. I almost missed it at the bottom of the page here. I know I told you, but should we just go home now? No. Real simple this. What you got to do is give up your own effort. And I'm going to have to write them some kind of check out, aren't I? He wants to be saved. There's the door you need. You want to go to that door? What door do you want? That one. That works door? Mm -hmm. No, you need this door. Is it working? No. You need to give up your work. That's not going to work. Come over here. Go through that door. He gave up his work. Thank you. I'm done with you now. <laughs> what a picture. He pulled and pulled up. I'm doing the best I can. Preacher, I'm, I, I believe, you know, I'm just not. We're, we're just working the best we can. I've been doing this and doing that. And, and, and we're, we're going to. Okay, we're going to, it's going to be up to him someday. No, salvation is giving up your work and trusting him by faith. Amen. All right. So simple. A lot of works of our righteousness. The Bible says, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. That's Romans 4, 5. All that to say this, salvation is simple.
Yeah, laugh at us. Yeah, easy believism. It's easy to be saved. Salvation's simple. You know what's so sad? As simple as it is, why do so many people make it so hard? Why do so many people reject it? The Lord made it easy for us to be saved. He made the water. All we have to do is drink it. He is the door, and all we have to do is walk through the door. He is the one that purchased the gift. All we have to do is accept that gift. And he's the one we need to look to and give up our own works. Are you saved today? Are you saved today? I hope you are. You know somebody who's not saved? Gave you some things today to maybe encourage you. Since salvation's simple, the simplicity of it means that every one of us can reach someone for Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the time this morning that we've had together here. Thank you for your word. Lord, the message is simple because the message is simple. It's simple to be saved. It's really simple to be able to tell folks how to be saved. It didn't take much for me to just give an envelope and say, there's a door. You take this drink of water. Hey, just look at me. Hey, stop working. So simple. Lord, help us. Dear Lord, please help us to share the simplicity of Christ with others. And Lord, if there's somebody in this room that's not saved, may they just simply trust you today. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed here this morning, maybe God's speaking to your heart. And I'll ask you once again, as I always do, if you die today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? You say, well, I don't know, I'm working on it. Yeah, stop working and trust Christ. Just simply trust him. He did everything for you. And all you have to do is trust him. Maybe this morning you say, preacher, I, I know I'm saved. It just kind of really struck me how that, how simple God made for us to be saved. Let's be thankful for what God's done in our lives. In a moment, we're going to have the invitation. If you're not sure you're saved, you come. We'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. It won't take long. It's simple. Maybe this morning we ought to just say, Lord, I realize it is simple. Help me tell people the simple story. Help me share with people the simplicity of Christ in salvation. Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen.